Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Coming up in this edition of the TV Black Box, why SBS isn't playing nice with the ABC. A recording error costs Eddie Maguire's millionaire hot seat some big bucks and why no worker in TV can expect loyalty from their employer anymore. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry... Get their news. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello, lovers, and welcome to another big edition of the TV Black Box. Do you know what? I'm joined by the loveliest lover of all, Sarah Monaghan. Hello, Shrimp Tank. Well, and I am in the middle of a wet white squall, so if you hear anything weird, that's probably it. Uh, I notice you're in the dark, though. She refuses to light herself up as she records at 5am local time. What a legend for getting up. Well, I wouldn't want to have dark circles under my eyes, <laughs> Oh, that's an in-joke and one that you still haven't forgiven me for. Uh, we've got Benjamin J. Norris. Hello, Benjamin. How are you today, sir? I'm really good. I'm so excited to be here. This is a, a kind of like a bit of a new team for us because we've got Aaron Ryan, which is really exciting. Oh, my God, I'm... I'm already talking too much. Spoiler alert. I've already talked too much and I've already ruined something. <laughs> Great. This is on brand for makeup. Let's keep going. It certainly <laughs> is. And there's Mulky. I can see Mulky. Hello, Mulky Mulk. How are you, Steve? I am the poor man's spider Everett. <laughs> <laughs> and as Benjamin mentioned, Aaron Ryan from last week. You might remember him from TV Black Box podcasts like last week. He's here once again from the TV Black Box website. Hello, Aaron. Hello, folks. And Ben told me that if I do two more spots, I move from guest to recurring star and I get a pay rise. Ah, so. yeah, we'll double what you're currently getting. Thank um, you. And we'll also <laughs> celebrate you joining the podcast by being the new person who gets all the criticism on the feedback. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's a big week. And I tell you what, we've got everything covered. We've got Queensland. We've got Victoria. We've got New South Wales. We've got WA and Florida. Well, you've got more than most of the uh, news networks in Australia then. Absolutely. That's very true. Well played. All right, let's get into this week's big stories. An SBS has rejected offers by the ABC to merge services in order to save money. The SMH reports a terse email exchange between ABC Managing Director David Anderson and SBS Managing Director James Taylor suggested online catch-up services be merged and SBS staff relocate to the ABC even though its Ultimo headquarters doesn't have the room and SBS is in the middle of a long-term deal in Melbourne. Malk, SBS is very resistant to the idea of merging with the ABC and sharing resources. Can you understand Mm -hmm. why? Absolutely. SBS's charter is very different to that of the ABC's. I mean, while they are both, um, well, you can't even say they're both funded by the government. SBS is only partly funded by the government as far as how it functions, and its news charter is very different to that that the ABC holds. They are very definitely, distinctly different businesses. 
Um, so co-locating them only brings you know benefit around shared rent, which is in itself no benefit because they both have production facilities, they both have different things that they do. There's definitely a fear, though, isn't there, Mulk, from people at SBS which have always felt like the poor second cousins to the ABC, that the ABC is facing a budget crisis and goes, oh, SBS, come here, my lovelies. We'll share the resources, but, of course, we're the top dog. You know, we'll get the best of everything. I can totally understand why SBS doesn't want a bar of it. I think that would be the inference for sure. And I, I, the reality of it, we could only suppose to because there is just no way it's going to happen in any... Look, it would be two very bold managing directors that make noises about SBS and ABC merging it. It would, I think, probably almost need an act of parliament to make it happen. Mm. Well, let's leave it to the special uh, guest star to completely disagree. I, th- I think this is seriously mad. With huge government debt and almost every company in Australia forced to make cuts and efficiencies, why would you not make some back office efficiencies and save some government money. These are not commercial competitors. They're very different and very unique uh, government-run networks that could very practically and efficiently They're not both government-run networks. One of them's only partially... But it's partly government-funded with commercial um, support. That's not an unfair comment. We've made the point that it's partly government funded and partly commercial funded. His point is the same, though, isn't it, Mark? We, if we're, we're not, we don't need to get pedantic on that point. They both get government funding. Yeah, but the S- SBS isn't government run. Whereas, and neither is the ABC, to be frank. It's run by the the board and it's it's management organisation. What difference does that make to them making practical and efficient um, share costings on on a number of things? I mean, you know, putting the the two um, iView and SBS on demand together, um, it's it's just going to save money. For exactly the same reason that the, the health portfolio don't share their resources with the defence portfolio. I think in theory what, Aaron, what you're trying to say is right and I think that they should be doing these things. Like I think it's a great way of being able to save money but and I love that that's how you see it but the dynamic just will not work. And whilst in 2020 and then progressing into 2021 we want to try and save money and cost cut, putting those two things together, it's just like putting the wrong batteries together or putting the And at the, the end of the day, together. the ABC has to get itself out of the hole and not rely on SBS who's doing the right thing. You know, like the workers at ABC still went through with their 2% pay rise. They didn't give a crap about the fact that everyone is pulling back at the moment. You know, they didn't give a fact... They didn't care about the fact that their co-workers have been made redundant. They still wanted that 2% pay rise, which would have gone into bushfire emergency coverage. So, you know... Uh, next time there's an emergency and the ABC need to do that and make staff redundant, I don't know. What are you going to say? I think that's pretty hollow, Rob, honestly. This was a pay rise that had been arranged long before COVID, long before the current situation. No one else in Australia is getting pay rises at the moment, Mulk. In fact, most people are losing their jobs. They had a a vote by the staff, as is the way the legislation works and how uh, ABC functions, as to whether or not they should delay... The, the the pay rise that mm-hmm. they were granted, and it's 2%, let's be frank. Um, oh, 2% uh, over an organisation like the ABC is huge. Sure, but if you're a producer that's earning 40000 bucks, 2% isn't no heaps, mate. No producer's earning $40,000. Um, at the ABC, you want to bet? Mm. Like, mate, this is the thing. The ABC are one of the most underfunded media organisations in the country. The staff 
absolutely take a pay cut to be involved and to do the jobs that they do with a very slim few earning somewhat competitive salaries and they are the people that are either in the highest echelons of management or do the people that sit down that are earning $40,000. I think that's a load of crap. And next time there's a load of redundancies when we're all usually crying for the ABC, my first thought will be, well, you guys all demanded that 2% pay rise. You didn't think of the no, collective uh, no good. You thought anything. about yourself. No one demanded anything. They were due to get it. They had a vote as to whether or not they should put it off and they voted to not put it we're off. We're in a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. It was their, People it was are their losing right jobs. they had negotiated yep. to get. So don't expect me to get on board when the next round of redundancies happen because the ABC is facing a budget fu funding problem because everyone demanded their... Again, no one demanded Yes, they anything. did. They voted for it. That's a demand. They, right. they voted not increase. to they delay a, a pre-arranged pro, a, a, a pay increase that yeah, they maybe. had. Mummy and Daddy, Should we get Sarah on hand to say something? <laughs> say it, it, words are everything in this, all right? They didn't demand anything. They chose to not delay it. And to be frank, at a time when unemployment is absolutely outrageously high, yeah. they shouldn't have to face that. And if but they will be facing that. They will be facing that because there are there is a finite budget. The ABC's budget has not been increased. In, we know in real terms it's gone backwards, and they're mm. they're still getting their thirteen percent super. And the or you say they don't get paid well. They get all the um, joys of being part of the public service. They get you know extra public service. They get leave learning. They get more holidays than anyone else. You know, and then you know and they get paid not... nearly twenty percent less than their commercial uh, peers. That's a choice. We're in a free market. No okay, one's forcing on. them so to work there. So it's a there. choice that they work there, but it's not okay for them to make the choice it is, to absolutely. get a 2% pay increase. It is. All I said, Malk, all I said was don't come crying next time there's more redundancies because collectively they all wanted that 2% pay rise and the company Which they were eligible for. And the company can't afford it all and it leads to redundancies. That's going to have to be something that they accept. Some will win, some will lose. Sarah... Do you have a porpoise like a donkey in the background that could make a noise right now? Like, <laughs> thank you. We appreciate it. All right. Nine's Millionaire Hot Seat is currently filming on the Gold Coast due to COVID-19, but not everything has gone according to plan. The Australian reports the show has suffered an embarrassing gaffe when one of the first episodes wasn't recorded. The episode had to be completely reshot with each contestant given a new chance at the million-dollar prize. The paper reports contestants were paid for both outcomes. Sarah, this is really interesting to me as I've always understood contracts for game shows specifically state you don't get any winnings until the episode goes to air. Yes, but everybody loves to sue everybody now, so they probably just had to do it up front. Look, here's some cash, yes. make it quiet, go away, take your money, don't sue us, and then, you know, just make it easier on everyone. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess... People were angry, but I want to know if the same person won each time. I don't think anyone was angry. Um, I think they just declared that they would get the prize money from both, which admittedly by the reports wasn't that much. And so, so I if you just won... told them it was a rehearsal. <laughs> wow. But wow. Usually... what point did they realise? That's the other thing. You know, that's the danger that happens when it comes to, you know, forgetting to record something. But, Rob, I just would like to remind you about something which mm -hmm. was Big Brother last mm. year. Actually, not last year. It was this earlier year. this year. 2020 has now gone on for so long that I've, I've mixed the whole thing up. It feels like four years rather than one. But I would say 
the interesting thing about this story was how much did we hear the other networks mocking Channel 7, mocking Endemol and the crew for not having the... Now I've forgotten the term. It's an EVS. Is that yeah, what was not EVS turned on? Record. So the EVS didn't record that eviction. And everyone was like, ha, 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 or how stupid are you? I can't believe you did that. But look, maybe it's something that because of the budget cuts of what's been happening in 2020, less time is being spent or less people are there to make sure the EVS is on or, the, or it or is being filmed. firing all the older people who know what they're doing, who get paid a lot and they're hiring young, young people who haven't trained yet. Yeah. I think that there's some truth in that, Sarah. You know, the interesting thing about that whole big brother gaffe was that uh, from what I was told, when they used to film Big Brother, they would have three backups of an EVS. And then with that series of Big Brother, they only had one. And it does come down to the executive producer, I believe, to where the money gets spent and whether or not they need one, two or three. But some some EPs will spend that extra money to have the old crew there and have the experienced people to make sure that mistake doesn't get made. Yeah, but you know what? An EVS has the capacity to run 24 hours a day. You actually don't need backups. You just need to check that it's working and actually recording. Um, but you know what? At least not own this. By all accounts, they must have told the Australian there was no denials or anything like that. It's not a known production, but yes. I understand, but Channel 7 wanted to keep the Big Brother thing very quiet. Um, oh, jeez, you're pedantic tonight, Mog. Picking us up on everything. <laughs> Judge oh, Mike is in the house. Welcome but, to it. <laughs> the, the interesting thing about it for mine is, is that, you know, yeah, they were pretty upfront <laughs> about it and, and, and had to fess up. It's a game show. There's money involved. So the fact that they were so willing, and I think I can't, you know, make the claim as to when things were paid, but given that they had to admit that um, that first one where you might have won, you know, a thousand bucks, we forgot to press record. So here's a thousand bucks and let's do it again. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were, I, I'm sure there were only parts that they needed to redo because I think they put the same people through that landed in the big chair to give them that opportunity again um, so that they weren't disadvantaged given that that was the, the, the situation in play. Um, look, it happens when you are moving a production as quickly as they did from Melbourne to anywhere, like just you know, even moving, you know, sort of studio buildings. Um, but they moved in, like across two states or across a state yeah. to a whole other state. Yeah. Stuff can happen. And when you've got really tight deadlines to make it happen, like there will be errors. Human error is a thing. Look, at the mm. end of the day, it's not the stuff up, it's the cover-up that'll get you every time. Channel 10 has gone into damage control after its brand-new digital channel launched with just a 0.5% share. Programmers are busily rearranging the lineup of 10 Shake after two of its heavily promoted shows failed to fire with audiences. The Charlotte Show and X on the Beach have been removed from the lineup after just one episode each. Both shows are being replaced by even more episodes of ridiculousness, which will now total six episodes in a row on Tuesday nights, in addition to airing double episodes most other nights of the week. Aaron, this was the story you broke on the TV Black Box website. It's an unusual move for a new digital channel to make so many changes so soon, isn't it? Yeah, just one week. Um, as Kevin Perry reported, the weekly average was uh, just 05 which was only equal to ABC Me and uh, less than SBS Food and uh, SBS World Movies. Look, the holistic idea for the channel is not too bad. They use their synergies of uh, Viacom and CBS and use that content for a third multi-channel and see a money saver and they get younger de demos, tick, tick, tick. However, they launched the channel with episodes from seasons two, three, four, five years ago. A lot of the major shows are being played out of sequence and, and out of order on, on various days. 
um, eggs on the beach. It was do you actually, think that's I, the I, reason I need... why? Do you think that's the reason why viewers haven't connected, or it's simply not a offering that they've been drawn to? Well, it's a, it's a young younger demo channel. So younger demo, they're up with everything on social media. The yeah, latest de- episode. Yeah, but young, younger demos aren't watching TV. We know this. I mean, my kids, who are younger than what Ten's aiming for, uh, and they 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 do not watch television. But the ones that are watching TV aren't going to be watching, wanting to watch episodes from reality shows that they already know what happened from three or four years ago. Yeah. I mean, even South Park episodes, you know, 2002, Eggs on the Beach was just <laughs> was just aired on Seven Flicks two months ago, that that exact season. So, right. um, you know, um, I mean, same as that Nine Life, they have to air the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and all those other Real Housewives shows at 10 dating at midnight because the episodes they're screening are from two years ago because Fox Hill gets the first rights to them. Um, so they're screening episodes you know, that are quite old. Well, I just think it's funny, don't you think, when it comes to it, you know, it's like the ex-girlfriend or the ex-boyfriend, you know, like who wants somebody else's sloppy seconds? If it's already been on someone else's network, you know, does anyone really want it? Hi, Ben. Welcome oh. to the television industry. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> fair point. And fair play reruns, to you, Mark. Right? Syndication, the whole thing. Um, I, I, I must admit, I'm caught in a vortex here. Uh, I look at it and go, it's 0.5% share that 10 weren't getting. It didn't cannibalise 10 bold, 10 peach or 10. Um, those numbers stayed about the same. Uh, I, I, it's there, multi-channel. They can do what they want with it. It's early days. If they're retooling it, they're retooling it. Like whatever. It, why is it? Why is it a big issue when it is, in essence, still competitive with every other multi-channel? Um, at the you back said end it was of a big crew. issue. We're just talking about it. It's the launch of a new channel. It's worthy of discussion. But that's what I get. I don't, I don't get why it's worthy of discussion when it's like we're working this stuff out. It's like it's pretty clear that Ten have gone. Here's an opportunity to capitalise on uh, Big Daddy's, uh, you know, television library, and we can start to put that stuff out. Here's this other channel. Off we go. Um, but it's but- more than that. CBS are actually losing money now because their content isn't being bought by SBS and the likes. It's being used internally. Presumably, there's still some fees involved, but they're presumably not paying top market dollar for it. But that's all strategic choice ahead of Paramount Plus, isn't it? Sure, but. I, I just confused that we've got a story in the rundown that's been there all afternoon that you're questioning why it's in the show tonight when we are we talk about these things on TV Black Box. You know, it's mm. a new digital channel. I'm interested to know how it went. This isn't a ten nine seven thing. It's a brand new sure. channel. I, I just I, I I just thought it's it's a new thing. They're working it out. I just, I just didn't see it was a big deal. That's okay. all. We're taking a quick look at the ratings race in AFL, and I'm a bit worried to talk about ratings now with Mocky. No. <laughs> taking a quick look at the ratings race, and the AFL was the standout last week as entertainment programs misfired. As Kevin Perry reports on the TV Black Box website, Week 40 delivered an AFL-powered victory for seven with all three nights of footy finals action delivering massive audiences across the country. Outside of footy, it was a week that was a bit hard to get excited about. According to Kevin, these are the key points. Seven was the number one primary channel with a 21.3% share. Seven was also the number one network with a 31.1% share. Ten's primary channel share collapsed to a 2020 record low of just 9.5%. Seven Mate was the number one multi-channel with 4.3%. Nine won the primary channel share in the 25 to 54s demo. Seven won 16 to 39s. Sunday's Room Reveal episode of The Block was the most watched program on streaming catch-up platforms. Ben, 
it just doesn't feel like there's a lot to get excited about on television at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. And you know what's interesting is that you said just only a few episodes back, you know, is this the end of television? And I remember thinking, you know, Rob, you're such a drama queen. I'm so (laughs) glad you're on this show uh, because you bring that element. And then here I am just those few weeks later, you know, starting to feel the same kind of drama in my own life. You know, I'm struggling to find content that is really engaging me. And I think that comes down to a lack of originality and scarily we're going to move into 2021 and see some we're going to see all networks rebooting shows that we've already seen before and I just wonder whether or not the reason why sport is now going to be what it is because people are sick of seeing the same old crap they want to support something they're looking for some positive content so Ben I just want to be clear next time I make my predictions weeks days months ahead of you you're going to go Nostradamus Rob. I will trust him and not call him a drama no. queen. Wow. No, I will own you calling you a drama queen because the entire audience that listen to this podcast will appreciate yeah, me saying that Yeah, but if, if, if just, you know, <laughs> Arrogant Rob's coming out tonight. Go and listen to anything I've said. It always comes true. Always. Never so, wrong. Sarah, Never wrong. <laughs> anything from you, Sarah? There's also the thing of everyone is tired of being indoors and watching TV and everything feels boring and people miss going to sport. So I think the other reason sport's doing so well is because everybody is just fanging for it. And it's like in the States because they've finally opened sports up, but people still can't go to the stadium. But betting, like sports betting, which was always kind of illegal Mm. because it's not like in Australia you can just run down to the TAB. It's very centralised and it's all online. So all of the stocks and stuff for all the online gaming places went through the roof because everyone is still trying to get a piece of that, that action that they can't get in real life. We're at a really interesting point in the schedule. There isn't a whole lot going on. I mean, unless you're a block fan um, or, uh, you know, a fan of pretend strip shows, uh, it's AFL and NRL because we're at the yeah. very pointy end of this. Normally, in in magical other times, the AFL and NRL grand finals would have been done and there would have the state of origin would have happened months ago. Instead, we're staring down the AFL and NRL finals now, like we're in the, the qualifying finals this week um, ahead of, I think it's next week or the week after is the finals, and then in November, the state of origin's on which is going to be an absolute boon to Nine from a ratings perspective because they are nearly the three biggest shows of the year um, That because they run in primetime. Now, it will get challenged by the AFL Grand Final, which for the first time ever is in primetime. Um, but as far as week-to-week shows and, and those sorts of things go, we're in that transition period, right, where 10 have just given up. They're waiting for them to start Junior MasterChef on Sunday. Seven aren't doing a whole bunch. They've got SAS Australia coming, uh, both of them designed to ostensibly battle the block. Uh, the Bachelorette starts this week. So there's a bit of that stuff kind of we finish some shows. There's a bit of a gap. They always tend to push hard towards the end of the October school holidays as they run in to the end of the year, uh, and that's where we land in New South Wales time next week. I couldn't be, I could not be any less interested about The Bachelor and these two girls being on The Bachelor. I couldn't agree more. It's the worst premise ever. I just, I keep wanting to be like, you know, I am lacking content. I do want to watch something. I do want to have a week to week thing that can kind of get me through the last parts of stage four lockdown in Melbourne. But I just keep watching the ad and just thinking, no, this is bad. They don't have a charm about them. 
based on the ads that I've the seen. The way that they are selling it is this thinly veiled menage a trois thing and mm. they feel like they've gotten out of jail because they have the guys, oh, you're looking for two different guys. Like that's in the promo to make it clear. Um, yeah. I mean, even down to the promo shoots where they're both in sort of these sort of cream taffeta dresses that are near identical, it has a very lesbian wedding feel about it and they are sisters. <laughs> um, it is not cool in how they're trying to tongue-in-cheek sell it when realistically but it's just a bachelor with two chicks. Malk, what's coming up? After this, like I'm, I'm really interested in uh, Junior MasterChef because, um, you know that yep. is. Ha- I've had a break from MasterChef. Yeah, uh, that the promos just looks look great. amazing. What, the, the promos look amazing. Mm. When we get past MasterChef, Jun- Junior MasterChef, mm. and SAS, what do we got in those final weeks of survey? What, what do we got? But we're still waiting to hear. Like the cupboard is somewhat bare and they're trying to scrape it together. We know, for example, that ten, uh, sorry, 9 still have a season of travel guides that was filmed now last year mm-hmm. um, that they're mm, reticent to want to put on air, but I think they're going to have to. Um, we know we've got Gruen coming out with McAuliffe about to finish. I mean, all of the ABC, SBS stuff is kind of self-controlled and it's going to yeah. be fine. Um, the block is running through until like mid-November. Um, right. So it started late and has a big season. Yeah. Um, so we'll get the live internet auctions. I don't know. They're going to use eBay. Mm. Um, the auction of those five <laughs> properties um, via whatever it. internet mean or Zoom or something. Um, but yeah, for everyone else, it is not heaps. I mean, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be surprised if Seven dig out that um, blokey matey um, travel show that had Shane Jacobson and Todd McKenney and someone else in it. That was oh, basically yeah. yeah, whatever that is, that was meant to air last year, still hasn't aired. Mm. Um, so what you're saying it, is it, we're going to get mm. a few scraps to get us oh, home mate. in these We, are, we have more than scraped the barrel here. Well, this look, is looking which, pretty Which you can't grim. really – look, Holy Moly was meant to air this year. Yes. And it's only oh, seven now. Oh, up against it. Everything and, was meant know, to air like, this year. You've got to have a bit of sympathy for them, and I'm not going to go too hard on them over that because of COVID-19. Well, look. In terms of the AFL ratings, I mean, sometimes, I mean, no one's said it specifically here, but it's quite easy to say seven are just winning because of the AFL. 6 p.m. to midnight, seven-day consolidated. Nine have won 16 weeks, seven have won 15 weeks, and there's been one tie. And seven is only 0.3 behind nine for the official ratings year to date. So I just find it interesting, you know, as we're talking about ratings, that nine is having such a huge year, Married at First Sight, Lego Masters, The Voice, uh, Australian Ninja Warrior, The Block, Seven's crap, they're doing nothing, yet nine's, not, nine's best year is equal to Seven's shit year. Well, this uh, is not you know, That's what people year. are saying. 0.3, they're only 0.3. Aaron, I've got one number and one word for you. Seven News. Yeah, Seven I, News and the AFL are why they're doing any business. I, I tell you what, we have, we've had this argument before. I don't buy that at all because Seven News and Nine News... They take news, it out of the primetime ratings. Seven News and Nine News are equal Simple. in the ratings. No, they're not. They're only, they're only no, they are not. They're only about 100,000 viewers behind. So by the time a current affair gets in front of home and away, 6pm to 7.30, the ratings are almost identical. Seven ratings have, are gathered from 6pm until midnight. And though the fact that Seven News is the number one national program in the five cities caps means that it gives so seven an advantage base. now mm. seven have also had enough on the shelf big brother wasn't a world beater but it did enough it did mm. re- well enough to hold their share up you know they faltered with mkr and um house, house rules. rules but they've actually been bringing on shows that have been doing enough to keep them in the game and with the afl 
they've been getting across the line. That's just good programming. You have your solid blocks and then you build on top of that. So the fact that Seven News is doing so well for them is a credit to the newsroom at Seven, is a credit to the programmers who made that decision to extend it to an hour. And there's... You know, like, it's not a criticism to say Seven News is helping them. No, no, no. It's I part actually, of the strategy. But, but I actually totally agree with what you're saying. That was my point. But some people just sort of say either just Seven News or just AFL is the reason Seven, you know, is still in the game. That, it's got, both of them together. They've, got, they've had Big Brother, Farmer Wants His Wife. They actually get pretty good late-night shares. Usually, if you look at the later shares, multi-channels, their three multi-channels beat nines four multi-channels. They've actually, Angus and the team actually have put a, a fairly decent schedule in COVID-19 together for their apparent bad year, which has been a bad year for them, but their apparent bad year is equal to Nine's fantastic year. And that's actually not a bad result is all I'm saying. Interesting point. In Very interesting point. While the Actor Awards are undergoing a massive shake-up with some media commentators comparing the reimagined format to the Logies, the awards will take place across two events in order to keep numbers down in line with COVID-19 restrictions. New categories will be voted by the public and they include Favourite TV Contestant of the Decade and Favourite TV Moment where you can vote for the Prime Minister Tony Abbott eating an onion in 2015. Um, Sarah, all I can say is... What the? I mean, I guess there's some really super memorable people or moments that deserve their eternal spotlight, um, but I can't really think of that many, so... <laughs> you know, but we're doing things like favourite TV contestant of the decade, so you've got people like Poe and... Ben! Dami We've got Ben! And, and Ben hasn't made the list. Sorry, Ben, I don't mean to break this to you live on the podcast, but you haven't made the list there. I, I no, I know. It's so upsetting. Someone wrote to me about this today and said, surely your marriage proposal at the end of Big Brother would have got you onto this list. list. And I so? was like, uh, look, not even a very um, nice handshake was going to get me onto that list. <laughs> I well, ben, toned that right down. Ben, wow. on November 1, they're actually announcing the nominees for Best Online Entertainment. Now, surely the Ben Robin Robbo show has to be in there. Don't roll your eyes, Mark. We're entertaining. I shaved on. I shaved on air today. It, I mean, if that TV doesn't get any better than that, yeah, that's pretty much one step away from someone having a pap smear on air. So like, I'm just going to say uh, we're doing everything on the show, and you can look forward to my pap smear next week. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll be didn't, interesting. Um, didn't Joe have a colonoscopy on air? Uh, no, he yeah, he yeah he had the finger up the bum. So uh, he had a prostate exam live on air and he's still a little upset with me about that because you can get a blood test. So... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. (laughs) All right. And finally, a good lesson to everyone working in the industry to always play the tape through because if you take shortcuts, this happens. Health contracted spotless staff to conduct cleaning, but also infection can... (laughs) Sorry, almost got it. All right. Victoria's problem-plagued hotel quarantine system is back in the spotlight after it's been revealed spotless. Apologies uh, for that. Um, We'll try and see what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah. The reporter, Elias Kluwer, has since apologised. Mark, someone's in trouble. Oh, well, yes, because that obviously wasn't the one that should have gone to air. I don't know why it's up to the journalist to apologise. He would have filed the story and that's it, right? 
No, you know, like he's not the first reporter or um, presenter to swear when it's an outtake and won't be the last. And That's what I mean. Know, like it, it wasn't his fault that they played the wrong clip. No. So I don't know why he's apologising. Well, it's his People face swear. and he, he sort of has to wear it, doesn't he? Once upon a time, you'd be sacked for stuff like that. Even if your mic was caught when you shouldn't have been on air, there was a time where it was just so unacceptable that it would have been a sacking offence. We live in a better age now where people can see the funny side of it. And, uh, you know, you would hope no, so. No one's baying for blood. It's just a funny TV moment. But look, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. Of course, if it had been a woman staring at a pen, she would have been fired. Anyway. Mm. Oh, hang on, hang on. Interesting point. Interesting point, Sarah. I want to go back to that. I thought we'd been done with that conversation. But do you think it's a male-female thing? Uh, I don't... Yes. But, you know, to play devil's advocate, she was live on air. We're talking about um, Natasha Exelby here, who uh, was caught unaware playing Love with Tash. a pen. Loved her. Uh, we all do. Um, you know, the ABC said it uh, reeked of a lack of credibility um, and, and didn't put her on the roster after that. Do you think swearing lacks credibility or just being caught off guard? Do any of these things lack credibility or are they just human moments? I think they're all human moments, but I think it depends on uh, what's between your legs as to what the repercussions are. Wow. I think it was positional. If Elias had been at the desk and they'd gone, uh, you know, off to a story and come back and he'd sworn because he wasn't ready, then I don't think Elias would have been scheduled to work for the ABC for too much longer. Um, It's a little bit of a different scenario when, as we talked about, Elias filed a story, clearly there was an outtake in it, and that was the bit that got put to air outside of his control versus... Tash sitting at the desk, expected you know, by management to be paying attention, ready to go. They come back from a story and Tash wasn't paying attention. It's unfortunate. I mean, it's human nature, right? Stuff happens. When your job is to hold all that stuff together, you've got to be ready to go. Just as I cannot remember the lady's name, but the lady who was hosting the news, uh, that, that the news break where Elias's thing happened, had to say, we'll just have a look. I apologise for the happening. We'll have to look into what went wrong. And just yeah. had to move on to the next thing. If she was, if she checked out and was thinking about something else, mate, the world of pain. Yeah, she handled that very well. All right, let's take two. Time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. ABC, BBC Studios and Screen Australia have announced the award-winning animation series Bluey has been greenlit for a new series. <laughs> News Corp streaming service KO has ended an agreement to carry Sky News on its platform. Sky News was added to KO in March to help keep customers engaged with the service during the COVID-19 lockdown when the majority of the world's sporting contests were forced to suspend play, but the service has now been removed. Longtime Channel 7 sports presenter and footy central host Jackie Felgate will join Hamish McLaughlin in hosting the AFL's Night of Nights, the Brownlow Medal Count. Felgate is the first woman to host the event. The Seven Network and Swimming Australia have confirmed a decision to terminate their broadcast partnership. The decision comes after Swimming Australia was unable to hold the Olympic and Paralympic swimming trials this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic as required under Seven's media rights agreement. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you very much, Sarah. Well, hold on to your hats. Does loyalty still exist in the world of television or is it a product of a bygone era? We're tackling that one in The Big Issue. And Ben will open the TV Black Vault and we'll get the juiciest goss. TV Black Box. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And Robin Robbo. It's the most talked about TV show that's not on TV. And I think you guys are amazing. With raw, honest opinions. This was not a mistake. This was a lie. Exclusive stories. Some industry insiders have been talking about this. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? And plenty of famous faces. I'm not wasting these gold moments on 60 Minutes. (laughs) The Ben Robin Robbo Show is the new way to stream your news. This is the stuff that headlines are made of. Live every Monday to Thursday. Thursday at 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on Ticker TV or Facebook and Twitter at BRR Show. Watch live or on demand. It's the Ben, Rob and Rob, Ben, Rob and Rob, Ben, Rob and Rob, Show. Now to our big issue and TV is an industry filled with people who work insane hours to produce moments we all talk about. From reality TV to news to morning TV, there's always been something special about working in such an energising industry. But is the loyalty workers show their employees a two-way street? Recent events would suggest not. Recently, we've seen a range of on-air personalities and behind-the-scenes staff at Network 10 made redundant. The same has been happening at Channel 7, the ABC, and to a much lesser extent, Channel 9. But once upon a time, networks used to try and look after those who had shown loyalty. There are numerous stories of how Kerry Packer would pay for funerals and look after families, but these days things are more likely to end in court. Ten's former executive producer, Maria Michael, is suing for entitlements totaling nearly $400,000, and Seven is currently in a PR war with Simon Reeve as he sues for his entitlements. Sarah, is it too much to expect in this day and age where networks are struggling to survive that loyalty would exist? But the whole... The whole thing has changed because back in the day like grandpa worked for the one company for 25 years he got a golden watch at the end of it and people used to work for places forever and even outside of television that just doesn't happen anymore um so you know and in the u.s people don't stay with one network unless they're on a really good contract or someone really likes them and they keep asking them to come back first because you can jump ship and make more money or go somewhere for a better deal or maybe you don't like your network so you know you don't fit in with the culture so you move I think it's just that's a part of life today is people don't stay forever but I think that if you are super loyal to a network and you think that you know this corporation because it used to be you know Kerry Packer owned you know a studio and now it's it's a corporation it's a bunch of people and boards of executives don't give a shit about individual employees mm. and i think that's pretty much that you you've hit it in part there sarah it's because the commercial networks and our well up until recently 10 was, but 7 and 9 are both publicly listed companies. Their responsibility is to their shareholder as any other business is in that situation. Now, part of that might be to make sure that, you know, in the nature of entertainment media, television, those sorts of things that you want to retain the kinds of presenters that you want to have because they're brand synonymous and all of those sorts of things. So you'll go the extra mile. Um, Back in the day when they were privately owned companies, 
the only person answerable to how things worked was Kerry Packer. And Kerry Packer did what Kerry Packer wanted to do, and that's how it worked. Um, and not dissimilarly, Seven, before it was publicly listed. Um, those days are long gone, and absolutely, Ten are not in a position where it's going to be like that because they are beholden to an American publicly listed company. Um, so privately owned as far as they're concerned here, but in America, it's up for grabs. Um, yeah, but it's it, one thing to make people redundant, uh, but it's another to try and take re- entitlements away from them. I've been in that Christopher position. Christopher Skates took all of our uh, superannuation. Exactly. But the thing <laughs> I would say is that around uh, mid-2000s, I was making promos at Channel 7 and I got to that point where I just didn't want to do it anymore and I actually just walked in and resigned one morning, not out of spite or anything like that. I was just hit that wall. Mm. And um, uh, and and later that morning, Tim Warner had sent me to have meetings with Brad Lyons, Peter Meekin, and he said, what do you want to do? And, you know, I was shown incredible incredible loyalty by Channel 7 at the time mm-hmm. when they, you know, they, they valued people who worked for the company that they thought could offer something, but they actually went the extra mile. They didn't have to offer me anything. They could have made me apply for any other job like any other person, but they actually did try to look after me and did look after me, and that just wouldn't happen today. Well, it's, it's just the, not a thing. It's the definition of what loyalty loyalty is and what it looks like. I, I can't speak to whether or not what your situation was, Rob, if that happens in the networks today. I, I'm, I'm sure that there are people that they value and were they to turn up and say, hey, I'm moving on or I'm thinking about whatever, whatever, that the network might go, actually, we really think you're that important to us that we want to keep you around. Um, the notion of business has changed dramatically. And, and look, all of our conversation across this entire episode, indeed, is absolutely coloured by what coronavirus has done to this industry that we celebrate and talk about and love yeah. so much. Um, it's a very different landscape now around what it looks like to, uh, you know, be, let's call it loyal, I'm not even sure that's the right word to use, um, to work with your organisation and to do your bit compared to what it was this time last year. Um, if we were to, you know, really tin tack it, there's always going to be ugly bust ups, particularly when it involves people on air uh, and them getting, you know, done out of what they believe is their uh, rightful payout or, you know, contract payout or whatever that looks like. Absolutely, that should go to court because that's the person's right to do so. Otherwise, they capitulate and go, look, I'll just take what I've been given. And it's not even a story. But um, we are seeing a PR war against Simon Reeve. There is no doubt about that. Emails are being leaked, leaked, what he's um, chasing is being leaked, you know, like what he was on is being leaked or to paint him as a money-hungry man. And that will play out in mediation or in court. Like Seven can do that and they can attempt to be like that. I'm sure that Simon is stronger stuff than what they're trying to make stick to him. Mm. The the real implication is, is what happens in those kinds of situations. It's pretty hard to get a job the next time. It seems to be that there's two sort of schools of thought here. The technical answer is probably no, no one should expect loyalty. TV industry lives and dies on ratings, budgets have to be tight and so on. However, there's a humanity side of this and it just seems shocking and disappointing that loyalty and service count for nothing. Some some stay for 30 years, perhaps being courted by other networks and stuff, but in, mm, individually yeah. make the decision to be loyal to the networks and then they're just dumped. I mean, someone like... Two examples, like Mel Doyle, they didn't have a vehicle for her and she was let go. I'm not sure you could say much about that. But then... Um, like I with, say with, a lot about that. But with the weather on, on Channel 10, they've decided they could have gone and kept the Sydney and, and Melbourne weather presenters, like Tim Bailey, and left him there due to his loyal service. But they moved someone from Brisbane 
to Sydney to do the weather and they move someone from Adelaide to Melbourne to do to do the Melbourne weather rather than using the two people that have been uh, for the network for a combined probably 185 years. I, I just, you know, that's a bit sad. <laughs> if you can quote the late Kelly Preston from Jerry Maguire, there is no loyalty. Love you, love me. And so everyone these days is just fighting and doing whatever they can and it's about saving their own hide. So but workers whilst... still show loyalty. The people working at these stations, the people working for today want to beat Sunrise. The people working at Sunrise are loyal and want to beat today. You know, like there is a competitiveness and there is a loyalty to the people they're working for. Don't confuse competitiveness and getting a paycheck with loyalty. No, no, like... no. I, I'm not. But I'm telling you, there is absolute loyalty. There are some people who will not go to other networks. I was so loyal to Seven at one point. When I walked into the foyer at Channel 9, I got dizzy from seeing all those blue balls. You know, like I literally was in reception and had a fainting spell. Because you saw I was blue such... balls? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, you I, just said a mouthful right there, sister. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so dizzy, honestly. I was so loyal to Channel 7. that, But the idea of being in the reception of Channel 9, it spun my head. I mean, I got over that, took the paycheck and everything like that. But um, it really was. It, it, there, it, there is ingrained loyalty. The Most of the people I think that work in the media industry are fiercely loyal and it's not just about a paycheck mm. and it's just not about competitiveness. They believe in what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, everyone's fiercely loyal to the people who are going to pay them. And if someone's going to pay them more, they'll be fiercely loyal to them as well. No, it's like, not as simple as that. How it's so? just not. It's just not. It's not exactly a well-formed argument, Rob. Well, sorry, Mug. All I can talk... (laughs) I agree, I agree. All I can talk from is my 25 years in the industry where I have worked and talked to people who have turned down jobs at other networks, even though the pay has been more. And I Mm -hmm. can tell you, I would have turned down the Channel 9 job except the fact it was a massive pay increase. There was also a new challenge for me, and I was a little bit rudderless at the time when I was Mm -hmm. doing... when I was ready for that, which is the only reason I went over to 9. And then when I went to 10, that was for another opportunity but there's mm. a lot of people who won't change networks and I'm sorry that's the only phrase I can put it in of experience and seeing people who've lived it and done it and not jump ship because they've been so both loyal both boys to are right I think you're both right in some regard I mean Rob I think that you are a dying breed in regards to that because yes you still believe that and yes there are still people in the industry doing it but it is certainly a dying breed. Hey, I you haven't know, led by example. I'm one of the few people who's worked for all commercial networks. You know, by like, your I, I, example, you're fiercely loyal to three different commercial networks, Rob. I was loyal while I was working there, but I'm not talking about me. I'm talking, uh, and what I've tried to do, Malk, is explain it. And well done, mm-hmm. you're having a punch and a jab at me there. Good eye. But what I'm saying <laughs> Come to on, you girl, is that when, step it up. <laughs> when I went from seven to nine, that was a huge, huge deal for me. Once mm-hmm. I'd done it once, it wasn't sure. that big a deal. Actually, it still was a big deal to go to 10, but there's not a lot of people who did what I did and are still at their respective networks today and will be there until they're made redundant because they have that loyalty. And to suggest that people only rock up to work to collect their pay, I mean, it's, t- it's totally wrong. In some industries, maybe. But people go to work no, because they're passionate. That. Television people are quite creative. They're passionate. They've got their, their family that are it's in the, you know, control money. rooms with them. They've got on-air talent. They go out to lunch with them, have dinner with them. They're like families. I mean, people are, you know, fiercely loyal to you know, certain places they work at. And I can imagine that in television, in that creative bubble like that, I mean, people would be quite loyal. I mean, hence why people like Bruce McAvane and all that, you know, stick by networks for so long and that they talk about the relationships that they've formed over, over you know, decades. And I, I think that's important. 
I, I didn't suggest that people only turn up to get a paycheck. I agree that would be disingenuous to only turn up to any job to just get a paycheck. Um, the, 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 the true definition of loyalty in this kind of sense really is a two-way street. Yes. If it's just the employees turning up and expecting or, to, you know, they're being fiercely loyal to job, like let's not even make it about TV, to job um, because they've got opportunity and competition and a great thing and all of the rest of it, and the the management show them no loyalty in return, well, there's no there's no relationship in that. There's no benefit in that. That's not going to be a successful situation, and those people will leave. They will go where they are appreciated. If um, I may, can I just, sorry, uh, to interject sure. while you're speaking. Yeah, but yeah. I would say management in within television across the board has shown loyalty in the past, and this mm-hmm. is why the spot that we're at now is so heartbreaking for a lot of people who have been loyal to networks, have had loyalty back, and now whether it's new different people in, whether it's um, accountants running the show or whether it's the simple fact is that the networks are desperately struggling to survive, that sure. loyalty is gone. People were kept on who they thought, you know what, we could get rid of Person X, but they've been here so long, they, they know where everything is, they've been loyal to the company. If we can keep that job and make it work, we will. Um, whereas now I think it's becoming a much easier decision for people in power to just chop, 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 and the loyalty lines are gone. And I think this is the year 2020 where loyalty died. It's a very difficult position when in 10 situations they are beholden to overseas masters who just tell them to cut by X percent. That's it. Mm. And that's inevitably what happened in this latest round that culled uh, Natasha Belling and Tim Bailey and, and all of the news upsets um it's very difficult for seven who've just got a new boss in who's had to deal with honestly the annis horribilis of years when it comes to programming and trying to to make budget the promises that james warburton made last year at their upfronts outrageous now there's no way he could deliver on them given what's happened however he made some very bold predictions none of which have come true um well the thing is he won't be held accountable now because of the year that we've had oh, mate, so everyone, he's had his get out of jail everyone has card. a get out of jail free card thanks to coronavirus <laughs> um nine are the only one that are close to having any kind of consistent leadership with hugh marks in the role now for five years i'm gonna say um and seen them through some pretty dire straits and some pretty amazing times in and of itself. So He's to that end, job. how that stuff flows back and forth, mate, it's going to be crazy. It's a difficult one bringing up Bruce McAvaney as an example uh, because he is, uh, look, one that Seven made sure they kept. Bruce was synonymous with sports calling, particularly AFL, the Olympics, those kinds of things. Bruce is such an effervescent personality and passion in the way he does his job that he helped, like, there's no doubt you could say he helped make the broadcasts special, pardon me, um, because of who Bruce is. So it is in Seven's interest to maintain McAvaney is brand synonymous with Seven like Melissa Doyle has been up until, sadly, this is what's happened this year. You would say to this point that Koshi and Sam are the same. They are brand synonymous with Seven, and Seven would bend over backwards to keep them in a situation where that would be. And absolutely, if Sam turned up completely hypothetically tomorrow and said, I'm going to nine, they're paying me 11 million bucks, that would be seen as disloyal. Yes. Because of the amount of effort that Seven have poured into developing Sam and giving her opportunity. But the point about someone like Bruce McAvaney was was saying that he 
the branding might be with Seven, but he is loyal to Seven. He is passionate about Seven. And many interviews, he talks specifically about Seven and his family at Seven and his state. You've got you've got ones like in WA, Rick Arden and Susanna Cart, number one in 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 Perth for, for 35 years. I bet. I mean, I can't confirm this. I bet they've been courted by Nine to double their salary. Or, or give them anything that they want to go to Channel 9, and that they're fiercely loyal. They have a personal relationship with, with Kerry Stokes, and, and that they have loyalty in in, the, in Seven and in the job that they do. They like going with their, their family that they go to every day, and I think that, that was just the point. I mean, of course... All the stuff that Bruce talks about comes out of that longevity of the relationship with Seven. There is no way that he would have talked to Andrew Goods a different time when he started, but he wouldn't have talked about the same kind of relationship with Seven after year one that he talks about now after year, what is he, 36 or something? He's yeah, been seven true. forever. Um, mm. And as for the guys in Perth, mate, you, you nailed it when you said they have a personal relationship with Kerry Stokes, the man who holds the controlling interest in Seven West Media. When you've got the boss's phone number and he calls you and has a chat, mate, you know where those cards lie for you. But what's the argument? That's the definition of loyalty. We're just saying that they have loyalty. No, that's not they, loyalty. They have a personal relationship with someone. They come to work. They have a family there. They have a relationship there. They they're competitive with 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 Channel Nine. They it, it's a family. They're loyal. They they love relationship their builds loyalty. Loyalty is not relationship. Sarah, I'm going to give you the final word. You've been trying to jump in. What about people like Sonia Kruger, though, who, you know, follow TV shows to each network as they go around? I mean, is that loyalty? Is that just following the paycheck? Like, I think... She was courted as talent, wasn't she? Yeah. She didn't follow those shows across. Like, at the end of the day, when she changed her mind and went back to Seven where she was... Uh, the shows that she agreed to doing so at the time of, were changed. You know, she didn't end up doing those. She didn't know she was doing Big Brother until like three weeks before they, I think it was actually two weeks right before here. they announced it. So, uh, and, and like The Voice, uh, again, that's another one that she Holly had Holly. been on. Like you know, they things move planned. Things, But you know what? <laughs> things change. You know, I, I do believe that Sonia wasn't that keen on doing Holly Molly, but she'll do a great job on that show. She'll be fantastic on The Voice. Next season of Big Brother, she can do no wrong. Sonia like, is a professional she's a Sonia. And that's oh. what we see, right? Professionals hard at work. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, guys. Very insightful, actually. Um, loyalty, big conversation piece. But look, now it's time to find out what's happening in the television world, behind the scenes, and what we don't usually hear about. This is our no names, no susus. That's not the expression. Wow, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. We're not going to name them, so you can't sue us, all right? Because if, <laughs> that's the way it works. Ben, let's open the TV Black Vault. What have you got hmm. for us? Oh, I love that sound. Did you hear it, Malk? Yeah, it's the Did sound of it? silence. I enjoyed it a Thank lot. Thank you. No, 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 you've all bullied me into submission. I finally Hang give on. it in. Do yeah. it. Submission? <laughs> do it. Don't do it. No, no, no I'm actually really... You've all bullied I'm, me into submission. I'm listening. I'm not doing it anymore. Okay, wow. great. I really appreciate that. Well, Tell just us about a quick loyalty one. again, Rob. Big shout out to Matthew Simmons at Maddie Simo. Uh, he has been writing into me and sort of voting along the way. So has Simon, uh, Simon underscore Sydney two and Damien Torrey, which is at DFT85. All three of those people always vote for which one they want to be revealed. I wasn't here last week, so I don't have one to reveal this week, but make sure if you are listening to the podcast and you want to play along, the three that I will give away today, vote and I will reveal the answer. Unless we can Are get we ready to... to go? Is this a game of skill or a game of luck? 
<laughs> game of well, skill. You don't need the, permit numbers for a game of skill. <laughs> the question for you, Mulk, is this. I'm the one in charge here. What do you think it is? Uh, mate, it's a game of who knows. That's what I override is. when it's legal, Ben. I override. Number one, which two shows are currently fighting over their highly experienced production crew as availability becomes a huge issue now with some serious overlap? Oh, yes. yeah. You, you could add about seven shows to that list, right? Are we allowed to well, guess? Not really. You can if you want. Do you want to go? I'd go Holy Moly and Big Brother. Well, it's wrong. Uh. But, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right in. Right in. It was you a can good guess. Sonia's trying to do it's both a... at the same time possibly. It's a great guess. You did so well. But good then I feel like you. even... Good Even when you, I say that, I sound wow. with my hand on my heart. Aaron, that's called condescension. Yeah, I didn't mean it to sound like that. Number two, the actor award nominations are out. So who didn't get the nod they wanted? Benjamin Norris. Angela. F- Fuck off. <laughs> You can bleep that out. You know, today when I put in that video and you said, Ben, you forgot to bleep it, yeah. and I quickly bleeped it, you need to bleep it. Okay, oh, is that who you're referring to? No, I'm not. <laughs> as if I would use my own. As if the people that listen to this podcast don't think I'm, more, I'm narcissistic enough. Goodness Come on. Me. Okay. None of this is going to make the edit. This is amazing. Yes, it is. That's dope. Oh, it is, because this is real. This, this is, is real this content. This is the best. Can... Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. All righty. The actor, the number two, the actor award nominations are out, so who didn't get their nod that they wanted? Angela from Big Brother has picked up a nomination for Best Reality TV Star she while did. she gears up for Holy Moly. However, someone has been left scratching their head with this announcement. Who that be? Hmm. Oh, yeah, what? Okay. What? That wasn't a pickup at all. Can you at least sound hungry or something? <laughs> no one, no one sound like they were wanting to hear the answer to that. Have at you all been in that? touch mm-hmm. with the prime minister's office, Ben? <laughs> no, I have not. Number three. Previously, this show had more international, high-profile guests than Oprah Winfrey's birthday, but with a smaller budget. Next year, this show, they may be forced to buy home brand. Will the show still rate? I'm just going to say, if anyone wants to guess this week, feel free to write into any of us and guess, and I will reveal one of these next week. Um, Ben, that is fascinating. (laughs) I can't wait to find out the answers as soon as we get through the closer. So... Sarah Monaghan, thank you very much for being with us at such an early hour of the day. Uh, you're quite welcome, and thankfully we didn't get blown away by whatever this tropical cyclone... Sta- uh, I think it's Gamma out there right now. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Aaron Ryan, all the way from Perth, thank you very much for your time today, sir. Thank you very much. Benjamin Norris, we'll see you on the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Thank you. I just want to also quickly say, Sarah Monaghan, because this is a podcast, people can't see it, but I am absolutely in love with your hair this week. I think you look amazing. <laughs> and Aaron, also, just a quick shout-out to you because the other boys fought the whole time, so I'm a little bit nervous about them. I'll give you a compliment, and that is you were so well-researched, which I really appreciated. You said some amazing things today, so thanks for joining us. Except, and the, the, other except two, for the big brother and holy moly. I loved it. I love a bit of shade. Sarah, Aaron, Ben, you, you guys were great. Thanks for being here. Mog, you were here too. Uh, <laughs> so I always love sparring with you, my friend. Thank you for being here once again. It is my pleasure, my loyal friend. And don't forget, for more inside exclusives and all the TV goss, go to tvblackbox.com.au. We will see you for the TV Black Box podcast next Tuesday. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.